Welcome, everyone, to the very last Mocha podcast of 2023. In January of this year, Colborn and I started recording these episodes, really with no directive other than to say what was on our minds, and now we're here, 60-some-odd episodes later. What a journey. What a gift. It's hard to conceptualize what our crypto art world was like just a year ago. And this has been a year of momentous shifts, startling developments, personal triumphs, and downfalls. We wanted to remember this year and honor this year before we went forward into the future and naturally forgot this year altogether. So today's episode is an awards show of sorts, a way to discuss just a few of the artists, innovations, and complete shitheads that came to define 2023. This is a long and fairly silly episode, somewhat off the cuff and boisterous in a way that's a bit different from our other podcasts. I don't know, it's the end of the year, we're having fun. And we hope you have fun with us on this special year-end awards show extravaganza episode of the Mocha Live podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a very special holiday New Year's extravaganza award show episode of the Mocha Live podcast. My name is Max Cohen. I'm so excited to be here as your host today and joining me, my co-host, founder of the Museum of Crypto Art, all-around great guy. Really excited to be here with him today. Just the two of us ending the year, just how we started it alone. <laughs> it's Colborn Bell. Colborn, uh, what's up? Happy you're here. Uh, it's great to be here. I am so excited to get this done and turn the computer off. Yeah, this is it. This is the last podcast we'll be doing for the rest of 2023. Uh, we appreciate you all being with us. And we're going to have some fun today. We have no specific topic. We are just going to give out some awards from a crazy year in crypto or another crazy kooky year. Um, Colborn, sum up the year in one word. Uh it was it was so much for me maybe volatile volatile that's a pretty good one i was just i was gonna say god damn it um yeah is my word of the year um so let's just jump right in first award biggest fuck you um and there were a lot of great candidates for this one and <laughs> yeah um you know, I had to really rack my brain to go over a whole year of crypto art because there seems to be a new fuck you every week. But the one I'm going to go with is um, a man we all know and love. That would be U.S. District Court Judge John F. Walter, who ordered Ryder Rips to pay $1.6 million back to Yuga Labs for reminting the board Yacht Cub project. Now, is, is, is that us saying fuck you to the judge or is that the judge saying fuck you no, to No, no, that's Rider the biggest Rips. fuck you that occurred within the crypto art ecosystem and maybe john judge john f walter didn't even know what he was going to be a part of but yeah i think that that's a pretty good one um rider rips not super big in the influencer world anymore uh seems to have lost a lot of his clout and uh and a lot of attention and i gotta say that's probably a lot to do with uh judge john f walter u.s district court judge john f walter you know, really sticking it to them and siding as we all do with uh, enormous corporate entities. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, this, this year was uh, for sure, just a major fuck you to the artists uh, in general, anybody that tried to create trouble, anybody that was, um, you know, I think this was a year of recentralization of commercial interests, trying to pick apart what was left 
Um, <laughs> and it and it seems like you know who lost this year was were really the artists. Yeah. Well, I mean, can we call Ryder Rips an artist or is he a rabble rouser? You know, in in my mind, they're they're kind of one in the same. The status quo is so capitalistic that the only way to create art is to defy it. So are you saying that the actual biggest fuck you in the space this year was the space itself to the artists within it? It kind of, yeah. Huh, that's sad. As, <laughs> as I mean, if this, 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 you know, maybe I'm reading this too deep, but this to me kind of feels like a bit of a, a metaphor for everything that happened. Like the era of good feelings is over and, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the mask is off and the intentions are revealed. Yeah. Um, because in my mind, you know, the, the whole point of this thing was that they're obviously not the same assets. They didn't come from Yuga. They didn't come from the contract. You know, it doesn't matter who's who mints them. It's not mm-hmm. the image that's the art. It's the token that's the art. And, and we've said that again and again. I will die on that hill. So, you know, that is emblematic of something much deeper, maybe not being understood by the mainstream maybe blockchain in general not being understood but i like that you pulled that moment out there's going to be a lot to unpack there for years to come as the story of board apes and yuga labs continues to play itself out i well i was going to ask you you know if you could jump ahead in the future a year which i know is not the easiest thing to do in general but especially not in crypto art how do you think that that moment in time which got a lot of attention and then kind of faded. But how do you think we look back on that in a year? Um, is it indicative of just how all these centralized corporate entities are going to treat those in the space? Is it emblematic of, you know, maybe it's misleading to say fun and experimentation, but do you think that era is going to be challenged more and more by order seeking entities? Well, here's, here's what I'll say is that, uh, you know, very early on when Ryder started doing this, I messaged him to ask for one of these things, you know, I would never want a Yuga Labs board ape, but I wanted a Ryder Rips board ape. And I bought a couple before he ended, I guess, up selling all of them, reminting the entire collection. I know he was doing kind of just commissions. So I have some, I have no idea where I can possibly see them, but I enjoyed the <laughs> performance in the same way that I enjoyed the Funk's performance in the same way that I am here for all of the questions that all of these things ask, which is inherently, it's it's a question of the culture of the internet. And, <laughs> and, and who owns it? Yeah, and who owns it and, and what it actually means to have a contract and a token and to mint on that. And um, yeah, that's, that's a bummer. Yeah, bummer. Strange. You know, I'm not a big fan of Rider Rips. I do own one of those things because our dear friend Earth Sample messaged me in a panic and was like, bro, you got to get on the Rider Rips board of Yacht Club. It's going to go big. It's, you're going to have a feature in the New York Times. And so now I also have possession of this asset that I cannot see. So, uh, all right. That was biggest fuck you, um, Judge John F. Walter. Um, second award. You ready? Wait, I have a, can I have a runner up for, for biggest fuck you? You can have as many runner ups as you want. No, actually, I'm not going to say it. Oh, come on. No, I don't. I don't. It's the year-end podcast. Because it, it wasn't even, you know, what was, you know what was awesome was, uh, well, not awesome, but this was kind of a fuck you, was when Rhett, who did the AI creation of Turbo Toad, mm-hmm. like came after the thing had tanked. He's like, okay, we're going to create another one. And I think it was like a clown token. And yep. then everybody was like, what are you trying to do, bro? You took us for such a proverbial ride. 
Yeah, so that was a ret fuck you to we don't know. So maybe everyone maybe lost a bunch of money in Turbo. Yep. Anyways, Turbo. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, and then the subsequent all the little fuck yous that, and I'm, I apologize for anybody that uh, doesn't like this language. This is bad language, Max. But it was my podcast, and I want to. <laughs> uh, but all of the all of the little fuck yous that came from the whole hype of the meme coin thing, all of those rugs. Um, all of the scams. There's been so many scams. We're we're back, we're back in the scam prime. Don't worry, we will get to those too. All of this useless crypto bullshit. We're gonna get into biggest winner at some point. Maybe the biggest winner should have been useless crypto bullshit, but yeah. I'll have a different one. Um, so number two, the Matt Cain Burning Bridges Award uh, goes to Matt Cain uh, for his contractual <laughs> obligations performance. Um, it's recent in my brain, but I don't think I will ever forget that series of moments shortly after Matt Cain released his Rare Past project, Contractual Obligations, and both metaphorically, physically, artistically, burned bridges with a lot of people who Mr. Cain had taken issue with. Um, I want to give this thing an award every year going forward, but I think this is our only chance to do so. So Matt Cain uh, gets the only award named after a person. Well, there's, no, there's another award that references Jesus Christ, but that doesn't really count. Congratulations, Matt. You deserve it. You, you did it, Matt. <laughs> we were all wondering who was going to win the Matt Cain Burning Bridges Award, and you did it with a plum. Are there any other? I did no prep for this show. I uh, actually missed all of Max's messages suggesting the categories. But can I think of anybody else that has burned some significant bridges this year? A lot of people said a lot of stupid shit online. It's subtly different than Biggest Fuck You is burning bridges. Totally. Bombastic. Totally. And there's actually nothing wrong with burning bridges when they lead to nowhere good. I'll throw you, I'll throw you one. Sure. Um, Christie's uh, glitch sale uh, burnt bridges Ooh. with all of crypto art by um, leaving off all women. Yeah. That was a pretty interesting way to burn bridges with an entire community <laughs> of geogra- geographically and gender identity agnostic artists is by just squeezing that, you know, white male oh, yeah. patriarchal hierarchy back into the space. We, uh, we salute you, Christie's. These, these feel like from ages ago. They do feel like ages ago. This is like April. It's hard. It's hard to even believe. You know, I, I went back. I had to go back to a lot of our podcasts, and that's how I was getting like re-oriented uh, in the past. I thought that was very interesting. So, if you wanted to listen to all of our old podcasts, they are still there. Um, okay, next, innovator slash innovation of the year. And I thought that this very clearly had to be ChatGPT for literally ushering in a new era of communication and artistry. That felt well, like a february i think february or march yeah the release of I mean, it was mid-journey also this year well chat was the one where suddenly the entire world said oh this is what ai is this is what ai is capable of these are the consequences of ai we get it we see it we're using it we can't get away from it and we've obviously seen that proliferate so much in crypto art right with everything being ai oriented you know we spoke on current events last week about the whole lila jane situation um not revealing ai usage you know, we're at the very very infancy of all these conversations but it is almost unthinkable that a year ago we didn't know how much ai would proliferate into the complete cultural zeitgeist in the way it has and that i think was largely due to ChatGPT coming into the world being the fastest i believe technological um 
I don't know what you call it, item, project, platform ever to reach like a million users within a matter of days. Um, and it hasn't slowed down. So ChatGPT, yeah. innovation of the year. Yeah, I'm going to say that if you previously felt inundated with an incredible amount of digital garbage, just you wait, you know? Oh so goodness. I'm going to give uh, the pin for runner up to uh the spam art movement mm. for just kind of uh you know putting this into a visual language and a movement for all those passionate people that have uh churned out ai generated spam everything uh you're doing the lord's work we see you and we feel uh i certainly feel the weight of you know, decades of digital baggage that I am so eager to just kind of uh, shed, perhaps. I, th I think that's a really great and really um, a really cutting example of what exactly ChatGPT is doing to us. We're going to look back on spam artistry, which of course has its roots in creating digital garbage um, in the vein of trash art and putting that out in the world in as much as the largest amount possible um shout out jay delay shout out the professor other wonderful spam artists but insightful addition to the chat gbt innovation of the year award um sam altman if you're listening we'd love for you to come accept your award in person uh we're always here <laughs> and sam bankman fried if you're listening go fuck yourself oh man i would love to have sam bankman fried on the podcast <laughs> why because he just was your solana king I just want to know what he has to say, <laughs> not about the stuff that everyone's asking him. I just want to know like what he likes to eat, you know, what uh, his favorite color is, things like that. The hard hitting questions. Yes. All right. Next award is unfortunately for bleakest moment. It's going to come back up after this, but this is our, you know, emotional nadir of the podcast today. Uh, bleakest moment for me was async art closing. Um, and we talked about this when it happened and I wrote about it on uh, our newsletter, but to me, even in a year where so many platforms had to shutter and so many um, people lost their livelihoods, the closing of Async um, that Colin Rios founded, I believe in 2019. Colin, Lisa, No Shot all founded it, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I always forget the uh, Lisa, No Shot. So shout out Colin, Lisa, No Shot, um, and this incredible, beautiful, innovative, dynamic, weird um, creator-centric platform that they had created. Um, the loss of Async, I, I felt really... Um, deeply the first one of the first pieces of crypto art i ever minted was mr richie's god what was it called Those the money bills, the bills series yeah, yeah i don't i don't remember that was great yeah god i'm sorry mr richie for forgetting the name of this wonderful project which i'll find it so you could make project. it up to him by going and minting his current open edition mr richie does have an open edition yeah but that is another shout bill shout out <laughs> shout out mr richie yeah you do it he does a lot he does a lot and he does really good work and and so did async and so many of our yeah. pieces in our genesis collection that i thought were interesting and experimental and um innovative were due to the platform abilities that async offered um so yeah i think a lot of people took that one really really hard yeah i'll uh say my personal bleakest moment was i think probably max osiris turning on me a lot of oh, really yeah. like hateful words used and that hurts. Yeah, well, you can consider yourself one of Max Osiris's targets, along with pretty much every non-white race and every non-male uh, identifying gender. 
Um, yeah. So shout out Max Osiris for making an enemy of literally every single person. From my bleakest uh, moment. That's a, <laughs> that's a sad one. <laughs> online, I've never been really like attacked like that online. It really hurts. Be, be nice to each other, everybody, you know? Yeah, there's a person um, behind behind the wonderful whether, online Whether identity. they're creating AI art or not, you know? Just and, be... and it's, ma making money is art, is the name of the Mr. Ritchie our Async Blueprint project. <laughs> oh, there you so. go. That's, see, that's a good also title for a year-end thing. I pretty much want to avoid talking about Max Osiris in any capacity on this podcast. I don't like let's, the guy. Let's do our brightest moment. Yeah, let's go to brightest moment, um, which Max Osiris is not involved with at all, as far as I'm aware. The brightest moment for me was the Mocha fundraiser submissions. For anyone that wasn't aware, we held a fundraiser in the summer, and we just basically did an open call for Our goal was to create the largest crypto art collaboration in history, and we blew it out of the water. And we did. In fact, if you're watching the stream, you can see it in the top right there. This little uh, Mocha logo is made up of over 700 open submissions from artists. We had, I mean, it was a staggering amount of artists. We could sit here on day naming them, but to see that there was that many people who were interested in helping Mocha um, sustain itself in the continuing Mocha vision. I mean, for me, that was really, really heartening and really beautiful. Um, I wasn't sure what I expected. I know when we first got on, you know, our team calls and started to kind of ideate what this would look like. Our thoughts range from maybe we can get a thousand submissions. Maybe we, you know, we'll only get 50 to a hundred and to have this high range of just people who wanted to be there with us uh, meant a lot to me as I'm sure it meant a lot to you, Colborn. Damn. I am like so grateful in the way that people showed up at a really difficult time uh, for everybody in the space and, you don't get a lot of thank yous here. It's just a lot of grinding and a lot of love. Um, but just for those little things makes it all, all worth it. Uh, so shout out everybody who showed up in that way to support us. Uh, we raised, I think, $43,000. Why we're still here doing this today. Yeah, push the limits on... Um, you know, dynamic NFTs uh, really brought it back to what we considered the roots of crypto art, which is everybody coming together to kind of create and support, you know, a, a larger vision. And, you know, maybe that philosophy has been lost a bit, or maybe the waters are just muddied, but to feel that spirit again, uh, was was really cool. Yeah, and believe me, it did not go unnoticed. So to everyone who submitted an artwork, to everyone who viewed the artwork, to everyone who minted one of the DNFTs, to the people who were there with us on our 26-hour live stream, which I should just note that in within that 24, 26-hour live stream, Colburn and I did draft fantasy teams, and my fantasy <laughs> team is in first uh, with you the most points scored in the league. Uh, yes. It'll be the only fantasy league I even have a hope of winning this year. So uh, that was like 4.30 a.m. I was completely delirious. And even at 4.30 a.m., completely delirious, I still know my shit. So please direct any football questions towards me uh, because I deserve it. Uh, so that actually, that was the brightest moment for me was not just the Mocha fundraiser. It was minting that or was <laughs> drafting that fantasy team during the Mocha fundraiser. Colburn, how are you doing in that league? Did you make the playoffs? 
Um, no, I think I ended oh, up sticks. No, yeah, and I found it in last year. I know oh, it's so man. bad, but I think I was top four in points scored, which should oh. be in the playoffs. Maybe next it year. T- it was it was a tough year. Tough year. Tough year. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, biggest fuck up. Yeah, a lot of curse words in this. That was not my intention, but here we are. Uh, biggest fuck up. Everything OpenSea has done. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Just an absolute masterclass on the Elon Musk level of just tanking a company's valuation and public trust. Abandonment of royalties, big thumbs down. Creator studio with 10% fees, big thumbs down. Zero infrastructural upgrades or engagement with the community, big thumbs down. Uh, OpenSea has been fumbling the bag since basically I entered into crypto art in like 20, late 2021. And it is just every year we'll be doing this next year they're going to win biggest fuck up every year until they're literally nothing um should, it just, com- should it just launched a token bro we're still waiting <laughs> still waiting for that token i yeah i don't know that goes like hand in hand with board ape for me any of these big these big companies whatever who won this year is there a winner Do we, is there a is there a winner award oh yeah at the very yeah, but don't don't spoil it because I okay, got some good no, reasons why. It's it's gonna surprise you. <laughs> okay. Also, sh- shout out to Supreme who's watching this on Clubhouse who likes the spooky theme. Uh, Restream, the platform we use, released Halloween like backgrounds, and then if you don't ever change it, it never goes away. But you can't reget it once you take it away. So we're just rocking spooky Halloween um, until next Halloween, and then we'll reconfigure. Okay. So thanks for a. Uh, I appreciated that, and I appreciate your appreciating of it. But back to OpenSea, just unbelievable. I can't imagine Crazy. any anybody but um, an actual like monkey doing a worse job. In fact, I don't. Maybe even a monkey would do a so better mean. job. A monkey, a monkey wouldn't do anything. <laughs> they would not alienate the entire community. At least they'd be like cute and fun. Yeah, just bad job, OpenSea. Shame, OpenSea. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I want to say it's not so hard. But maybe it is really hard. Well, I've gone 28-ish years without alienating every single person I know. Um, <laughs> and it hasn't been that difficult. So It's so funny because they were like so there. They were so in it, you know, and they really cared. Like Devin and Alex, those guys cared. And then I don't know what they were injected with what 450 million dollars does to a company at like a whatever 10 billion dollar valuation i don't know man that'll 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 change somebody that really poisoned the well i don't know who got in their ear uh but they lost touch it's like uh the poster for jaws where it's like somebody swimming and then the giant shark jaw on the bottom except it was like the open sea boat and then like vcs <laughs> coming out from the ocean totally. to just totally snatch them so or just like what if it was the you know the alien one in space nobody can hear you scream just like (laughs) (laughs) like yeah we're gonna reserve a biggest comeback of the year award for open sea next year but i don't think we'll be giving it out Um, (laughs) so let's move on uh next award we have the so long partner for what we'll most miss and my answer was easy it was twitter not x i hate x I hate everything about it. I hate Elon Musk. Terrible person. Not a good business owner. Fight me. Hand I don't in like hand, it. biggest fuck up. Don't get don't get like the the Elon fanboys to uh... let them come. <laughs> let them come. I'm tired of holding Elon Musk fanboys' hands on this show. Um, this Twitter thing is just an app. Like 
if you thought OpenSea was a masterclass in tanking your value, um, the Twitter thing is amazing. The logo's worse, the platform's worse, it's noise, it's... I was just talking to somebody the other day who's like, I only follow scientific journals on Twitter, and all I see are like racist comments and people responding to racist comments. And Mm. that's this new platform we've gone into. Didn't seem like it was 100% necessary, but that's where we are, so... Man, and and uh, what is this? The So Long Partner Award for what we'll miss most. Yeah, yeah. Twitter was bad. X has been worse. I like Twitter. I had fun on Twitter. Twitter used to yeah. show me things that I wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the next iteration. Why? Huh. <laughs> That's funny. Let's see if I can figure out how to phrase this. Um, X tanked itself, and all I can think is why <laughs> keep going Some, right. something about next all right uh oh you, like you want to go to the next thing no well that was kind of the joke there you know but no the joke was what comes after x well i mean let's just real quick like does the whole twitter ecosystem seem way worse than when you first got into it uh, yeah but also the the crypto art ecosystem and the nft ecosystem and you know i we got like bombed out, depleted, run through by bots. I don't know. I don't know how anybody is still standing. But I think it's that's entangled with the Twitter thing. I mean, uh, it's, for it's, sure, it's entangled with the, the the perception of the space because we're only fed what they're feeding us. Mm. And you know, all these people. I don't know, man. The engagement farming is too much. It's been mm. that way for a long time. But people who change the meta through through shitty engagement farming. You know who had a really good tweet thread today was was Holly Herndon. I would uh, recommend everybody go check out Holly Herndon. Shout out Holly Herndon. Basically we, uh, how all of these you. things, all of these engagement metrics, all of this streaming thing, there's no substance, everything trending towards mediocrity, everything moving to the middle, just what gets the most clicks, what gets the most views. It's nothing new. It's gonna get worse with AI. Uh, you know, real artists will be on, will be on the outside. And I don't know, man, hopefully people go looking for that stuff instead of what is being just fed to them. Well, you you mentioned, <laughs> um, what was it? Shitty influencers and community uh, engagement farming. So that yeah. brings us right to the Jesus Christ, this can't actually be happening moment award, which for me, super easy. I think this is the one I jotted down first. People people sending Ben.eth actual real Ethereum in exchange for a theoretically promised shitcoin that immediately tanked and then doing it again, and I think a third time. I watched that whole saga and I realized I don't know anything. I don't understand people. I don't understand markets. I don't understand social media. I don't understand influence. I literally couldn't believe my eyes and I couldn't believe them a second time. And then I couldn't believe them a third time. And anything that BitBoy ever did. I think they were of the same vein. There's a lot of these. Well, <laughs> like this this can't be this can't be happening moment awards. Well, you know what I did believe was happening when those crazed videos of BitBoy like outside of his ex-wife's house, like yelling at her. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, that that I very much believed. It was just like for me with these coins, it was just like obviously depth of the bear market. So much desperation for any kind of fun community, um, any kind of financial gain. I get it in like a 
theoretical, like totally abstract sense, but in the sense of like, I am actually going to just send real money to this whatever and hope that something's going to come back to me. How do you think those tokens are doing, Colborn? Oh, probably not very well. Mm, probably not very well, right? Probably not. Probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably down. That was just for me. That was like the height of the bear market. That was like fully understanding like what the desperation looks like in this space. Yeah. Like, not just and gambling like, addiction, you know, like, yeah, peak, you just doubled down into the worst thing you could ever think of. Dude couldn't even make like a website where you just like traded for it was like they didn't have they didn't have a coin. It was just a promise of a coin. So if that doesn't well, tell you didn't didn't Polly do the same thing? He's like, just send me money. People send him like a million dollars. Send us money. We could use it. I, I could use a million dollars. <laughs> I would use it way better than OpenSea used ten billion dollars. Actually, probably not. Don't send me anything. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> wait waste it. We're happy. We're happy. We are happy. Yeah, with our we're happy to be here. All right, should we go on to the next award? Yeah, it's related. This is the I've been in this space so long. How do I still understand nothing award? And for me, this was the rise of Pepe uh, in the spring um, as people all around me were getting rich, or at least they were posturing themselves as getting rich from the Pepe shitcoin uh, and the associated shitcoins of its ilk. And obviously, I've talked a lot about my origins in NFTs as being a complete degen on Solana and betting on meme coins and betting on NFTs and not making very much money at all. And I think I'm in the red, but that doesn't matter. I was like, I, at least I understand how this works. And then suddenly I just didn't understand it at all. Here was Pepe. It was a meme coin. The transaction fees, the gas fees on Ethereum were so high that like all these trades were just like terrible financial investments. It was up, it was down, it was collecting everyone's attention. And I was just like, I, actually don't know what's going on around me this year fucking sucked <laughs> <laughs> this year sucked really bad um you, yeah, we're you just know, touching all the pain points of oh man this, that, this one really hurt you know again shout out earth sample who was uh at my house he's like bro you got to check out this thing pepe 30 million dollar market cap and i wake up the next day he's like bro you got to check it out 50 million dollar market cap and i don't know what it is now like maybe half a billion um but this this you know, I have learned my lesson. I haven't really learned my lesson. I've, I've lost a lot of money investing in these things. And sometimes you just want to take a flyer on stupid shit. And, and money is what we all assign value to. But, you know, 99% of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, these are like fully orchestrated things outside of anybody's control. They are designed to be uh, you know, they're engineered to be viral in this way. It's, it's, you know, you are the exit liquidity. This was the year uh, in which everybody was the exit liquidity. Unless you weren't, unless you, yeah, unless you like made bank on Pepe, which if you did, then you're probably in, in the Pepe Illuminati. Teach me. <laughs> Help me understand, because I still don't, even though the shitcoin season's back on Solana and we're yeah. neck deep in it. Bonk, Bonk went story. crazy. Bonk went crazy, bro. We're in all sorts of things. We're in Chonky. We're in Monkey Haircut. We're in Gecko. We're we're diversified yeah, across a lot wrecked. of. Yeah, it's terrible. I'm gonna you lose all this money. Yeah. I know already. Um, okay, so we have four more awards, and they're all big ones. So let's just jump right into our final four awards of 2023. Number one, Community of the Year. This is a curveball, Max. This is a curveball, and I'm gonna. But I'm kind of here for it. I can I'm, I can speak to it too. My Community of the Year is my ladies. And the reason that I say that is because 
I don't know anything that they do that's good. I don't <laughs> think the art is very good or even very accessible. You don't think the art is good? I think the art's good. Well, we can agree to disagree. Yeah. But what I've seen from my ladies is just a rabid voice and a rabid ability to maintain itself to find some kind of like dialectic underpinning that is growable and that is um attractive maybe not to a set of people that i would necessarily associate myself with but like again rabid growth rabid engagement rabid interest for a project that like seemed like it was just going to wither on the vine people don't seem interested in selling these things people are just holding on to their ridiculous assets even when they reach like five six eth valuations i mean this like completely ridiculous project launched itself into a pretty vaunted class of asset on ethereum and maintained itself there just because this community is nutso and i think that you know i'm not big obviously in like the pfp world and ethereum and i don't necessarily think these are things that we should be like celebrating but i do think that it's interesting that even amidst this really horrible bear market which we've been talking about you know, for most of this episode and all the ways that it expressed itself negatively, here was this community that just came together and was like, we are together in this. We are going to stick by each other and we are going to become absolutely like insane in our dialect altogether. You, you failed to mention that that Elon Musk uh, tweeted out of a lady as well. Oh, I do not remember that. That was that was pretty ravenous. But here's the thing about Miladies. You know, I, I despised Miladies. Uh, mm -hmm. because of all the things that I had heard, the reputation, whatever. But when you start to break down, you know, this this character of this young, uh, or I guess we're going to call it like a young woman, like, it, there's, there's so much tied into it of like the loss of innocence in the times and digital age that we live in. And this thematically is, is not going away. Right, people are are being exposed to things younger and younger. There is no age of innocence. We've kind of like completely wiped these things away, and I think there is just a longing to go backwards. And the older you get, the more you understand that you can't. You know, which I think kind of ties hand in hand. You know, we because of SBF, we lost all the effective altruists, but this year has been. Uh, the rise of the effective accelerationists. I thought you were right? going to say ineffective altruists. <laughs> no, well, I mean, maybe, maybe that too. Um, no, you know, the <clears throat> the effective accelerationists. So I don't know. I think it's I think it's all tied hand in hand. All of this is is very post capital, right? It it kind mm -hmm. of happens when there's nothing left in the world to divide up. You look for something new to divide up until everything is chopped up into the smallest commodity and you have inserted scarcity into every aspect of life, which once felt free and abundant, right? We, we generally think of nature as abundant, but you know, we're, we're so far from it that we need to like introduce scarcity into all these things so people can buy it and sell it. It's really, really, I don't know, crazy. That was an incredibly deep insight to draw from my ladies, perhaps the deepest insight <laughs> anyone has drawn from my ladies, but that's why they're our community of the year. I do kind of spend a fair bit of time thinking about my ladies. It actually really resonates with me, clearly. It's just so strange and it's so singular. There's not like another analog of that on any other chain that I'm aware of. Yeah, I don't know my lady. 
it's I, a cool I aesthetic. I don't know. It's fine. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Next big award of the year. I had to know this one was coming. Chain of the year award. What do you think my answer is? What do you think the award is? You know it. <laughs> I, I, I see it, it there. I refuse you to love read it. it. I love it. That's <laughs> right. Mocha's official chain of the year 2023 is Solana. <laughs> That's no comment. I was shocked. Yeah, I was shocked to get the somebody wrote you about Solana in that article. Uh, I get it. Whatever. Chain of the year award, Solana. Chain of the year award in a late push. This is like when the horse closes from way behind all the way. No, because here's uh, why. Here's why. Sure. It's because of belief. And it's because of belief in something. We're not just going where the wind blows us. We believe in speed. We believe in the future. We believe in technology. And on Solana, a person is judged only for the contents of their character and what they bring to any given discord. I'm not going to sit here and listen to you quote MLK. That's fair. Um, <laughs> on Solana. I mean, obviously, like, uh, on a legitimate level, like I do think that for the last two years, I've had to defend this chain that I really think is interesting and that I like from basically everyone who thought it was like a shitty, super centralized money grubbing product, which it is. But and I wrote this in today's newsletter. It understands what it is. It is totally aware um, and celebratory of what it is. It is a bunch of money grubbing people. It is super centralized. It is not interested in whatever large-scale decentralized crypto um, beliefs and ideologies have existed in this space. And I think that there is something that is so beautiful about recognizing just what one is and just moving forward in the direction that is put out for oneself. Um, Look, I will, you know, Solana right now is sandwiched in between the Binance chain and Ripple chain, which are, you know, two of the other most centralized projects out there. The only thing really above them are Bitcoin and Ethereum. This let's let's like call a spade a spade. This was the year of centralization. Oh yeah, uh, you know this was the year of the little guy losing and the big guy kind of stomping uh, on everybody and taking back what was theirs. So you know we'll we'll see. I I you know I was again the most like decentralized maxi and I see the the power of centralization. Centralization can be fun. Come to Solana. Yeah, well, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 really what it comes down to is is value set, right? When you're in an open commons like Ethereum, then you have to play with the rules of the worst people, right? Mm -hmm. This is this is all tragedy of the common stuff. At, at least you know Solana invites who it invites because of the values, right? Mm -hmm. And like you said, you you know what you're getting. Um, where crypto art got steamrolled was in having, you know, idealistic values and thinking that we could maintain that in an open forum. So, you know, we need to, uh, but look, you know, you, you, you can create closed ecosystems around things that you believe in. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll, we'll see where the ideals of crypto art lands. No, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm just like, so I feel so like tumbled, washed on high and tumbled dry on high. Uh, again, this was like the spin cycle year. My, I mean, my underlying thesis for why I wanted to give this award to Solana is not, not just because of its price action, but it's more of like an anti-Ethereum award. 
Um, I think Ethereum is a real problem with recognizing what it is. Yes, it has these values of decentralization, but the amount of posturing and preening that a lot of important people do, that all of this is open, all of this is accessible, like you're living in a different world than 99% of the people who are trying to make it, especially as an artist on Ethereum. And that's why people are going to zero one on Avalanche. It's why people are going to Tezos and have been going to Tezos. It's why artists are defecting for Solana because at least something there, it may be worse, but at least it understands it, it, it may be worse ideologically, but these things all understand what they are and what they want to be. And they're attracting communities that jive with those values. Even if the value is, I just want to make money. There's nothing wrong with artists coming to Solana or anywhere, whether it's Polygon, Avalanche, et cetera. If these chains are going to be transparent that, hey, we want to make you money and these artists want to make money selling their art and they're going to have an opportunity to do so in these places, they should absolutely go there. The thing that is just rubbing me the wrong way about Ethereum is that it seems to be experiencing this cognitive dissonance between what it was at its outset and what it is now, which is a centralized, as it's a culturally centralized and culturally ossified ecosystem that is desperate for outside legitimacy. And I don't see that same posturing and preening anywhere else. It is only on Ethereum where people are desperate to bring in as many large scale cultural powers as possible. Well, I mean, that one, that's what Polygon tried to do. They tried to bring in Starbucks, Reddit, like Instagram absolutely failed. But this is this is growing pains, right? Every good thing starts out as an idea, right? And there has to be like strong ideology and vision Think of what has happened to Bitcoin and how it flourished from kind of like this illicit trade thing to like kind of Magic the Gathering and then alternative currency. And it's it spins all these bigger and bigger narratives only to get to right where we are on the cusp of like mass financial adoption <laughs> in the form of, you know, ETFs. Which everyone is so excited about. And I think that that's the thing, right? People are excited for a BlackRock ETF because of what it will do to price action. And that's what I think a lot of the underlying sentiment is on all of these chains. And I just, I get frustrated when Ethereum folks and mass, I understand eulogizing a past. That's not what I'm talking about here, but it's powerful people positing this ecosystem as something that it's not. And that rubs me the wrong way. And I think it rubs a lot of artists the wrong way. Look, you know, whatever it is, eight, eight transactions a block is the it's limited you, you know you're not gonna be able to touch retail all of these things were built through people by people experimenting out on the edge taking risks you know are the institutions increasingly going to take that risk will they make it unviable for anybody to be able to afford and participate and play probably it's going to become expensive you know who is winning right now and all this ordinals thing on on bitcoin are the miners Mm -hmm. or all of these inscriptions across uh, all these different chains. It's just the miners. So mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. You know, you still have, you still need like a seven, eight X to catch up with Ethereum. So there's room to run. We're getting there. Okay. Last two awards, biggest loser and biggest winner. I had a couple things here for biggest loser and I've settled on a, a, a dark horse pick. Um, biggest loser for the year, in my opinion, is every metaverse platform not named HyperFi. Huh. Yeah, wow. And the reason I say that is because at the beginning of the year, we were still, I think, engaged in this metaverse fervor. Um, there was still so much interest in what metaverses could do, what virtual worlds could do. That has been completely supplanted by AI. And that's not just because AI is a complete sea change. It's because no metaverse platform that I've seen, and I'm going to get to HyperFi in a second, but no metaverse platform that I've seen has been able to figure out how to make itself actually attractive to even a small subset of people. 
Um, obviously, you have people who are still playing Second Life. You have tons of people who are playing MMORPGs. You know, Fortnite, I don't consider that like a metaverse platform necessarily, but like they're consistently engaging. But the whole metaverse narrative was failed, I think, not just by the tech world, but by metaverse platforms themselves who promised a lot and just couldn't deliver. The reason I leave HyperFi off of that is because, you know, and we work a lot with HyperFi at the museum, but that's like a, a super tiny team. It's like two people, I think, maybe just more than that, but they provide tools for weird metaverse enthusiasts, institutions, and people like us, lots of tools, like the, just compared to anything else in the market, it's vastly more interesting. You know, do they have the same share of the blame as the rest of these metaphors platforms for failing to capitalize on widespread public interest? Maybe not more than like Meta did by absolutely fumbling whatever their horizon bullshit metaverse world was. But I think just the metaverse in general, that narrative really, really took a uh, took a hit um, on the backs of just the products not being there and worlds not really being interested in meeting the public where they were. So. Yeah, rip the metaverse. Even though I think that the metaverse is coming, yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not a metaverse denialist. I denier. I, like, I'm, I'm fairly certain we're going to get there at some point. But to have so much momentum, and then just go literally nowhere, uh, not even have like a brief moment of like euphoria and real like onboarding. Yeah, come on. it'll be crazy. To, I don't know. You know, who's going to crack the nut? We already <laughs> live. <laughs> we are. <laughs> who's going to crack the nut? uh on ai girlfriends short short metaverse long on ai girlfriends yeah man this is this is uh what about ai girlfriends within the metaverse where are you going to take them on dates your ai girlfriend you're going to go to fucking take them to the museum of crypto art of course uh, well that's what i'm saying yeah they all but... these things ai metaverse blockchain they all converge look in like you know eight the... years mocha mocha built its name on on the metaverse museum that it had right mm -hmm. and people were just excited to see that a place like that existed um but but it, again you know that was something that was was like is very high quality uh but then you know those images kind of lose their excitement and it's where is all of this art going you know what are people doing is it just yeah it's cool conceptually that you know this wallet address is your gallery and anybody can go and see it and this art is transparent and but you know, for sure, the metaverse lost the biggest the biggest loser for me is is going to be the fact that we were unable to bring more people into this world. Right, that it was painted as you know, we first painted it as an open and accessible and inclusive space, and then everybody came and what did they decide to do? They decided to chop it up into you know, the most exclusive, smallest clubs try and do all these things with price. And that's just a bummer. It's a bummer that I don't enjoy telling people what I do. It's a bummer that I have to say that, you know, I work with NFTs that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm laughing because I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, I can't say it. I can't say what I do. I'm still looking for a way to people like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a writer. Oh, who do you write for? I'm like, the yeah. name of crypto art. Oh, what's that? I'm like, NFTs. Yeah, 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 exactly. You always get there eventually to the point where you have to whisper it under your breath. And it wasn't like that. It was obviously exciting. But then, 
you know, a bunch of unnamed animal PFPs came in and just ruined it. It's kind of like the progression of uh, the Garden of Earthly Delights by Bosch. You know, you have mm. like this little paradise and then you have like a bit of anarchy and then you're just like left in hell. This was the year of hell. <laughs> this was not the party. This is not a. Oh, this is not intended to be as bleak a podcast as it is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe you know. I again, like you know, you never. I'm always so. And I was talking about this with Pindar today, and because he he said something I don't even remember, but it's it's like all of these people that are looking so far forward are never the people that capitalize on the present because they're always there. And you know, Pindar is is done a very nice dance of continuing to drive innovation and like, but actually having like a native and, and uh, supportive community around him. Shout out Pindar who sent his MoMA postcard to me. I, you know, that, that is something that is like organic and natural and, and real. And I wonder how many people on December 20th, 2023 can look back on if they participated in this NFT space to say that they actually found some authentic, genuine community that, you know, inspires their togetherness and closeness. And maybe that's why, you know, you gave that community of the year award to my ladies. Well, I think a lot of what you said about Pindar and just even talking about encapsulates the biggest winner I had for this year. Maybe it's a bit out of left field, but if you've been paying attention, I don't think so. Um, to me, the biggest winner of 2023 was Operator, two-person art duo. Yeah, Anya Catherine and Deja Tai. I think that what these two did, not only for generative art, in totally opening up its possibilities as a really potent tool of expression in a moment when generative art was being seen as kind of a cash grab, in th theorizing and executing with absolute aplomb, this crossover appeal across mediums, across, you know, the digital physical divide, establishing their own importance in perpetuity. Um, I mean, they won a Lumen prize for human unreadable. I just think, and, and especially in a space that so often prioritizes the straight white man, like to have like two women who are just like out here rocking, just so obviously brilliant, so obviously thinking ahead of the curve to have that be rewarded by the community with like almost universal respect with a high floor price for their project, like just achieving just on the sheer force of their will and their brilliant artistry, basically everything that an artwork can achieve. People are still talking about human readable, this multi-part generative art turned choreographic performance it's just it's it blows my mind when i conceptualize it it is one of those things to me the marker of genius where you say wow that's so brilliant and also so obvious how did nobody else think of that but of course it's one of those things that only they could have thought of um and i wanted to shout out operator friends of the pod and um uh, and i think that that was the most revelatory moment for me of 2023 um was seeing human unreadable drop seeing operator get the due that they deserve and watching basically the entire crypto art NFT world gather around in support. So shout out operator y'all rule. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of extend this narrative operator, I think is the crown jewel on this idea that NFTs can be performances, right. And they can have length and duration and they can capture something so much more than just 
a static visual. Uh, and that to me seems like where we're going. You know, another dear friend of the museum uh, who I know you've spent a fair amount of time with, Una, incredible performance artist, uh, you know, using using duration and time and kind of snapshots of this moment. I think, you know, Matt Kane as well, that performance. Um, so, you know, whereas it once was short, sharp and quick, there was artists began to show us that it could be drawn out and long and there could be breath and people were there for the performance and that they'd follow along in a way that wasn't like mint all these open editions and then we'll slowly burn them over time. Um, mm, no, we forgot to mention that. I don't, we're not going to. I don't even, I feel like that was last year. The open edition meta couldn't have been this year. I thought it was early 2023. Maybe. I don't know, man. It's... But anyways, I think that's really, um, that was a really potent point. I think that's like, that's the through line of this. We exalt people who have vision and because artistry like we've talked about so many times the abundance of just like technically brilliant aesthetically beautiful artistry is overwhelming what cuts through is like deep vision prolonged vision and like well-executed vision and I, I agree all three of those artists or i guess all four of the individual artists but all three of the artistry i don't know what the the one duo and the two individuals that you mentioned like i think that's a really good encapsulation of some people who are doing that any last minute awards you want to give out no man that was fun i feel so much i feel, I feel so much lighter Colbert, this was a really fun podcast um and we will post the winners of all of our awards on our podcast when it goes live so you guys can see oh, i don't know actually is that a good idea or should we leave it like no no you gotta uh you gotta you got to listen. Yeah. You got to tune in. You got to tune in. We're not going to reveal anything. Thanks or you can, for I guess history. you could, you could mint it on Zora now. Yeah. Or you can mint this podcast on Zora and own all of our totally slapdash random opinions about this <laughs> wild, wonderful year. About a year uh, we can't even remember. A year we can't remember, but which we surely will never forget. <laughs> so this is, uh, this is it for us for 2023. Obviously we began this podcast earlier this year. We're coming up on a year. It has been amazing to, I'm going to get a little sappy for a sec, but it's been amazing to just be able to talk about everything that happens here. Maybe I'll be able to understand like this wild world we live in um, just through this channel and through talking to so many people, so many wonderful gifted artists, developers, thinkers. Um, we've received so much love on this podcast. So just want to shout out everyone who's been on the pod. I want to shout out you, Colborn, for just, you know, keep keeping this whole thing running. And Right uh, back at you. I mean, you you keep it running. I just have to we, show up. We keep it running. That's true. We're co-hosts. But yeah, and, and most of we, all... Can we, do a, can we do a handshake across the screen? <laughs> Going to leave that in the audio version. We did it, by the way. Um, but yeah, most of all, thank you to everyone who is listening to this, who has listened to this. It, I can't express how much it means to me. We started this as such like an experimental project and now we've done like 60 episodes and have gotten thousands of downloads and it just, it's, it's very meaningful. People give a shit. And sometimes in the space, it could be very, you could forget that people give a shit. Um, and we're lucky enough that people give a shit about what we do pretty much all the time. Um, so thank you to everyone listening. Yeah, it's the holidays. Go say some nice things to people. Go give somebody a hug. Check in on that friend. Go spread some cheer. 
we love you. We're so grateful for all of the art that people share, the words that they share. Uh, at the end of the day, I don't think there is anywhere else we would rather be than to be kind of together. And even if it is suffering, well, we're suffering together. And I think uh, most people that are here now have their heart in the right place uh, and want to see transformative change for digital art, for digital culture, for the people that are creating it, the people that are uplifting and supporting it. So, yeah, you know, that's here we are. Yeah. Paraphrasing Mr. Jay-Z, we could be anywhere in the world tonight, but we're right here with you and vice versa. This has been the final 2023 episode of the Mocha Live podcast. If you like what you heard, if you like us, please give us a five-star rating, review, follow, subscribe, whatever you are allowed to do. We would appreciate it on your podcast app of choice. Please read our final newsletter of the year at museumofcrypto.substack.com. Uh, I wrote about Solana finally, and it was like a valve. It was like they a should, They should pay valve. you for that. They really should pay me. If anybody knows um, Anatoly or Raj uh, from the Solana oh. Foundation, tell them I'm, I'm basically doing the Lord's work for them. My name's Max. <laughs> That's Colborn. Um, and we appreciate you all very much. And we will see you in a hopefully better new year. Take care, everyone. Thanks for hanging out. This podcast was edited and produced by me, Max Cohen. And I want to give a special year-end thank you to Colborn Bell for so many things, but especially for being my co-host throughout this wild first year of our Mocha Live journey. Another big thanks to Julian Brangold for composing our intro music and to Dayfox for composing our cold open theme. But most importantly, a big thank you to everyone listening. We could not have done this without your support, and we appreciate it more than words could ever say. Thank you so much for being here with us throughout the Mocha Live podcast in 2023, and we will see you in 2024. Take care.